Hello, my friends. Welcome to Word Made Digital. I'm your host, Joanna LaFleur. This is season eight, episode two. Today, we are bringing you Tom Kang. He's a pastor at New Story Church in California. I want to tell you a little bit more about him. But of course, thank you to our sponsors this season, Compassion Canada. And this episode is with the Canadian Bible Society. Thank you so much to make to these organizations for making this whole thing possible to get in your ears or in front of you on YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, have you been to our YouTube channel uh, lately? We've got a huge back catalog of podcasts. So if you're wanting to catch up with a ton of maybe people that you've been reading uh, from or maybe been influenced by, but you haven't had a chance to listen to our podcast episodes with them, you might be surprised at the long list of people over, you know, seven previous seasons of people we've had conversations with. So check it out on YouTube. But also, Right now, there's a back catalog also of tutorials, and we're going to be releasing more tutorials in the coming days, weeks, and months into the next few months. If you want tutorials on church communications and creative and how to lead in this digital world, we want to help you. We want to resource you for free. We want to help the people you know who might need it. If it's not for you, it's probably for someone you know. So check us out on YouTube. You can subscribe to us there if you want. And also, you can always continue this conversation that we're having in the digital church Facebook group. That's where we're gathering to ask questions, to share resources, and to talk about digital church. That's discipleship and evangelism in this kind of digital environment. All right. Tom Kang. Let me tell you a little bit about him. He was born just outside of New York City, and he has pastored in places like as the teaching pastor at Liquid Church in New Jersey. And then from, and Liquid Church, if you don't know, is one of the top hundred fastest growing churches uh, according to Outreach Magazine. And then in 2015, he went out to be the men's pastor of Saddleback Church with Rick Warren. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. And now he's leading New Story Church. We're going to be talking about this idea of how what we're doing today has been prepared for you from what you were doing in the past. He has this kind of cool aha moment in real time in our conversation. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff that they're doing in ministry and leadership, but he's passionate. He's infectious with his laughter and he's a ton of fun plus more wisdom. So I think you're going to love the conversation. Enjoy it here with Tom King. Welcome to the Word Made Digital podcast with Joanna LaFleur. Word Made Digital brings you interviews with Christian creatives and communicators to inspire, challenge, and equip you in your own work. The church has the best news in the world, so we want to help you be the best communicators in the world. Here we go. Tom Kang, welcome to Word Made Digital. I'm I'm already laughing, so I know we're going to have a great conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm looking forward to it. It's an honor to yeah, be here. Yeah, please uh, tell us who who are who is Tom Kang because. Um, there will be some like oh, some gosh. people who are familiar with you because we do have some mutual connections in ministry, yeah, uh, Canadian American uh-huh. border crossing ministry. But uh, tell tell yes. us who who is Tom? Sure, sure. Well, um, thanks thanks for having me, Joanna. And uh, yeah, who is Tom? What a great question. I've been asking myself that for the greater part of 40 years. <laughs> uh, but you know, I was uh, born and raised in New Jersey. Uh, so don't hold that against me, please. Uh, you don't sound like it. New Jersey. <laughs> I lost the accent, you know, maybe it's, uh, maybe I've been in California long enough, but I've lost the accent. Anyways, um, 
Yeah, born and raised there to an uh, immigrant uh, Korean family. They immigrated in the early 70s uh, to America uh, from South Korea, from Seoul. And um, yeah, grew up in the church uh, for as long as I can remember. I mean, I was going to the church since I was in my mother's womb and uh, grew up in a Korean-American immigrant church. Uh, for most of my life, um, uh, accepted Christ at an early age, around probably in uh, junior high, elementary. Uh, wasn't really walking with the Lord until uh, until I went to university, until I went to college. Uh, then went straight to uh, Dallas Theological. Actually, no, that's not even true. I didn't go straight to DTS. I went to a year um, of grad school at Columbia University in Manhattan, and then I went to uh, Dallas. Uh, and long story short, I went from uh as as i was nearing um the end of uh what was it the thm i guess uh the degree um so it was like a four year program uh 911 happened oh wow and again being born and raised in new jersey yeah yeah so being if you can imagine right being born and raised in new jersey um and then you know as as you're nearing the end the finish line of seminary as it were uh to have something like 911 happen now you know my mom was working maybe 10 blocks away uh from the world trade centers i had several friends um that were working either in the financial district or near uh the the twin towers um actually my roommate from columbia actually um he was in one of the twin towers uh, mm-hmm. tower 2 and so he passed wow. Uh, so yeah, so like that was just obviously, you know, for the world, uh, it was, um, you know, uh, just a tragic moment. Uh, but it, it just hit personally for me as well. Uh, I was a newlywed at the time, Eric and I, we had just gotten married the year before. And, um, so we're just like, you know, as, as I'm nearing the end of seminary, we're just kind of like, okay, God, like before nine 11, we're like, okay, God, we're. Where to next? You know, where where's where's the call? Where's the ministry? Where where can I go and pastor? Well, when nine eleven happened, it was just kind of like I don't know. It was kind of a no brainer. Uh, the the home church that kind of sent me out, uh, that that prayed for us, that spiritually supported us, relationally supported us, even financially supported us. They're like, hey, would you come back hmm. and start a college ministry? And I was just like yes, please. Like no brainer. Right. Like, so my wife also is from uh, New Jersey. And so it was a no brainer for us. Uh, we got to come back home to New Jersey, uh, start a college ministry really from scratch at the time we were, we were, uh, so our, a little bit about the church It was called uh, Bethany United Methodist church. And it was at the time, it was one of the largest, uh, Korean American churches in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, if you know anything about New Jersey, um, you know, it, it has a very large Korean American population. I would say probably LA has the largest Korean American population, but then out, uh, after that, it's probably the New York, uh, New Jersey area. And so it was a fairly large church. Um, but even so they had no college ministry. In fact, the only college kids that were attending at the time, uh, that church were probably like the senior pastor's kids, you know, uh, that kind of a situation. But, um, yeah, we stepped into that, started a college ministry. Um, and, uh, again, this is right after nine yeah. 11. Um, and we just, those were some, I mean, yeah, that that was a those were pivotal times. That was a that was an incredible time. And long story short, we went from that to uh, we served there for about seven eight years, 
to a church uh, called Liquid Church, which is a large multi-site church in New Jersey. Uh, lead pastor there is Tim Lucas, great guy, close friend of mine. And um, uh, we left Bethany, our home church, to go to Liquid Church, where I served as the teaching pastor for, I want to say, seven and a half-ish years huh. or eight years or so. Um, and then from there, uh, I'm really condensing yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, got a call to uh, Saddleback Church uh, here in uh, Lake Forest, California. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, Rick Warren being the lead pastor there and um, served there at Saddleback um, for about, what was it, close to four years, three and a half, three and a half years uh, as the men's pastor at the um, Saddleback, also uh, multi-site church. Uh, I think at the time there were like 19 campuses or something like that, four global campuses. Uh, but I served at the uh, at the main uh, campus uh, in Lake Forest uh, in Orange County, California, uh, which is where I'm still at today. I still live here in Orange County. Uh, like, you know, suffering, like I said, I was there for three and a half years. My wife, as we, as, um, suffering as for we Jesus. Canadians might, might describe, <laughs> suffering for Jesus in Orange County. <laughs> Someone has to. Somebody Someone has to, Joanna. I've, Some, I've been to the you campus. Know, Jesus loves Orange County too. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been to yeah. the campus there, the campus and it's um, you know it's a sight to see if you're if you're a church it, nerd or a church person like it, I am. I mean, it's amazing. It's Disneyland. It is right? like a it's Disney Disneyland. church. Yeah. Yeah, you know they they it's you know they have trams that that take you from the parking lot to the main sanctuary. Disneyland is literally like fifteen twenty minutes yeah. away, uh, that sort of thing. So just an absolutely phenomenal church doing phenomenal things. Uh, was there for three and a half years, and um, then got the call to uh, lead a church in downtown Los Angeles, uh, which at the time. Uh, and I mentioned kind of before, like Los Angeles being the, the largest population of Korean Americans. Uh, at the time, this church was called Young Nock Celebration Church. Yeah. And Young Nock Celebration Church was the English-speaking ministry of Young Nock Church. Young Nock, uh, my Korean is horrible, but my understanding is that Young Nock means joy and in Korean. And so it was this part of it was the English speaking ministry of Young Nak Church, uh, which, you know, I mean, some would say it's probably the largest and oldest Korean American church uh, in the oh, U.S. Wow. So they have like a long history. Yeah, like a 30, 40 year history. Um, and so the English ministry uh, portion of it uh, was about has a, about a 30 year history or so. And they were basically looking to do something new uh, to kind of, if I use the analogy, kind of like the family analogy of, you know, think of, you know, you grow up, your kids grow up in a, in a parent's home and then they get a little older and maybe, you know, they go to school and whatnot, they get a job, but they're still living at home. Well, they, they wanted to like go out on their own and, 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 and you know, move away from home and kind of start their own thing. Yeah. Um, and so that's what Young Knock Celebration Church wanted to do, the English-speaking ministry. And so we did that. Um, because we're talking about the English-speaking ministry would be second or maybe even mm -hmm. third generation Korean-Americans yes, who don't speak exactly. Korean or, yeah. or don't speak it primarily. Um, it's yeah. a different, it's yeah. a different group. Speak, uh, yeah. as yes. Uh, they, uh, many of them speak uh, uh, Korean as much as you do, Joanna. Uh, and so uh, that's that's uh, that's kind of the situation that it was. And um, 
that happened in 2018 is when I left Saddleback to go to Young Knock, uh, which is now called New Story Church. Uh, in the first, I, I'm not even kidding. I think it was in the first seven months or nine months, we we now we like to say we we slew the five big giants and that is the name the staff the vision the location the denomination like all the things you don't touch right like the sacred cows right like, yeah, you started like a the, new the, church the holy in grail, the walls so of the old one uh, absolutely yeah. yeah we actually moved out of the walls oh we, wow we oh you did that too that was one of the big five yeah, we actually moved twice, I think. Yeah, we moved twice in the in the first seven, nine months. Um, but yeah, the name, the staff, the location, the denomination, the vision, like everything, everything. And uh, we went from Young Enoch Celebration Church to uh, a church called New Story, New Story Church. And that's what we've been since 2018. And uh, here we are in 2022. It's been it's been quite a journey. Wow. And um, my understanding is, you know, <laughs> speaking of the location of your church, um, tell us about yeah. that because uh, I think it's in like a like a, yeah. a poor zip code. Or tell us about the Down. dynamic of where you're at. As much as I'm joking about your suffering yeah. for Jesus, tell us about like what actually is going on <laughs> in in your neighborhood. Yeah. Uh- Sure, sure. Uh, the church, church is located in DTLA, downtown Los Angeles. Uh, and when I say downtown Los Angeles, I mean, it is truly in downtown Los Angeles. I would say, uh, uh, you know, uh, the crypto.com center, which is formerly known as, you know, Staples Center, um, <laughs> where the Lakers play and the Clippers and all that. That is about a mile. Mm-hmm. I, it's less than two miles away. It's about a mile and a half away. Uh, and if you think of the letter L, like if that's if that's Staples Center or, or Crypto.com Center, um, uh, New Story Church is right here at the joint. Yeah. And then over here, uh, less than a mile away is USC, like the heart of USC. So like we are truly in downtown uh, Los Angeles. Um, we're in one of the um, most underserved and impoverished areas of Los Angeles, uh, Los Angeles is a huge city, obviously one of uh, one of the world's largest, 4.2 uh, million people. Uh, and, and you know what's different about Los Angeles as opposed to like New York City, where everything's concentrated. Uh, you know, you've got like pretty much Manhattan. Uh, you got the five boroughs, but like Manhattan is what everyone thinks of. Los Angeles is more spread out. Yeah. Uh, but there are downtown areas, and, and we just happen to be. Uh, in downtown. And so when you did all these major moves, was that part of the strategy Mm. for you as a church community? Like, was it like, we want to feel called or have a vision to serve this particular neighborhood? Mm -hmm. It was like, here's a building we can afford. Let's go there. Like, (laughs) yeah, 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 no, no. Yeah. uh, Great question. Uh, We had some history. So like, um, you know, uh, how shall I explain this? Um, When I got there, uh, Young Knock met uh, in this one area of Los Angeles, kind of like, it, you know, you think of your mom's house, right? In this one area of Los Angeles uh, on Broadway. Um, and that's where everyone kind of congregated. Now they had, before I even got there, they had uh, also started a, basically a multi-site in another area of downtown Los Angeles, where we're currently at right now, uh, in a place uh, basically on Jefferson Boulevard, uh, which was about a 20-minute drive away. And um, so when I got there, what we did is we said we didn't know what we were going to do, but we wanted to get both groups together Mm. uh, in meeting in one place. And so we did that uh, at a place called uh, LATTC, Los Angeles 
Trade Tech College. We met in a tent wow. uh, for the greater part of a year. And uh, yeah, you know, we were going very Old Testament there. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea... <laughs> the idea was, you know, we do have the, a bunch of these sojourners, as it were, uh, and we just wanted to meet mm-hmm. uh, in one place at one time. Um, and we did that, like I said, for the greater part of the year. And as we were doing that, we knew that we wanted to move out of mom's house, so to speak, Broadway. Uh, but we had this location here in Jefferson that we we didn't know at that time, we didn't know really what we wanted to do. It needed renovations. So we were getting some renovations done, this, that, and the other. Um, and, uh, and and so now, uh, after being in that tent for nine months, we've, we've since renovated and relocated to that Jefferson mm-hmm. area, which is in downtown mm-hmm. Los Angeles. Um, as far as vision and heart go, though, um, you know, our vision is to reach 1% of LA in Jesus' name. Uh, like I mentioned before, LA is a city of 4.2 million people. I'm not a math guy, but from what I hear, that's uh, about 42,000 people. One uh, percent would be. Now, I'm not saying that you know we want to do. We want to have a mega church of 40,000 people. Uh, you know, I've done the mega church thing. Been there, done that. That's that. That's not exactly where my heart mm-hmm. is. Uh, I'm not trying to be that guy, uh, so to speak. Nothing wrong with that guy, but I'm just—that's not me. Um, but when I say we want to reach, uh, we want to fall deeper in love with Christ and reach one percent of LA. I'm just saying, hey, can you go out there in Jesus' name? Can we, as a church, go out there in Jesus' name and and just love on people? They don't have to come to our church. I don't care if they don't have to step foot. Uh, but can you be the salt and light uh, to this city? And can we in that way reach 1% of LA? Uh, but I tell you something, and we might get into this a little bit later, Joanna. Um, at the time, four years ago, when I said this, when I shared this, my heart, and just shared this with our church, at the time, it sounded ridiculous. It sounded audacious. Like, well, are you crazy? What are you talking about? Like, uh, I think when I stepped foot uh, into uh, Young Nak uh, New Story Church at that time, I think there were about maybe 500, 600 people. Mm-hmm. So to like say 1% of LA, 42,000 was ridiculous, mm-hmm. right? But what's crazy is, and we just had this conversation uh, a couple of days ago with some friends. They were like, Pastor Tom, you realize, you realize like we passed. 42,000 people like a long time ago, right? Huh. Uh, as a matter of fact, this food food pantry that we do, we so every uh, during the height of the pandemic, we met, uh, we opened up our church. Our, the, the church literally, it was like the whole Malachi thing, right? Where the church becomes the storehouse. Uh, the, our church served as a storehouse to DTLA, downtown Los Angeles. And um, we just, we just, gave out uh, food and resources, especially to single moms, things like diapers and formula and um, groceries and whatnot. Uh, and we served over a quarter million people. Come on. During, yeah. It's, it, it's outrageous. Like, and you're uh, a church of, of, in they the did, hundreds. Like, this whole report. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Hundreds of people yeah. serving and, and, you know, hundreds CNN of thousands. CNN came, did report, wow. NBC, ABC. Absolutely, absolutely. So it's just like – and that was all through, during the pandemic, right? right? And so it's just kind of – it's a very humbling thing because like I certainly could have. I don't think any person could have like 
thought that, oh, so what's your goal? What's your plan to reach 1% of LA? Like if you asked me back in 2018, I'd be like, I don't know, preach the gospel, <laughs> like love people. But like it took a pandemic, which none of us saw, right? Um, to create these opportunities. And just like, a, like you know, trying as it may sound, just like trust and obey, mm. uh, you know, follow God every day. And, and, and let's try to be faithful with the decisions that we have in front of us. And one thing just led to another, which led to another. And then, you know, a few months later, we've served, you know, a quarter million people, like literally 250,000 plus people. Wow. 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 And it's just been a, it's been a blessing. It's been, it's been incredible. want to interrupt the conversation with Tom for a minute because I want to talk to you about Compassion Canada. It's an amazing partnership that has been making this podcast possible for many, many seasons. I'm so grateful for them, but particularly I'm grateful for you as you have been telling and sharing stories back to me and back to this little team about Compassion and how you were involved. I love uh, when you've tagged me in posts showing how you're involved with Compassion Canada and how you're advocating on in my mind at the moment is if, if it, you you started your ministry at like a time of mm-hmm. you started a new thing at a time of crisis 9-11 you're starting a brand new <laughs> young, yeah. uh, young adults or student min- campus ministry oh. um social mm. economic political crisis fast forward we're talking mm. about a, a pandemic different but mm. the themes of mm-hmm. upheaval fear, yeah, yeah, yeah. crisis, economic, political, whatever. Sure. So um, you For seem sure. you seem like God keeps like doing things with you and your leadership in these moments. I, I'd love if you've ever thought about it or not. Like, yeah. are there some themes there? Okay, like so, what, what happens in the hearts yeah, of people during yeah. these moments? <clears throat> so, yeah. So I'm going to be totally honest, Joanna. I'm getting goosebumps right mm-hmm. now because – I've actually never pieced it together the way that you wow. just did. Oh, cool. <laughs> so here I am. I'm living it, and you're just like listening for a few minutes, and you're like, oh, and oh, connecting the dots. And I'm just like, okay, why haven't I – see, I'm telling you, he just uses the foolish, right? He uses uh, – <laughs> I'm just, I'm just seeing like a theme I'm telling here. You, That's I, all I'm saying. I, I, don't, I thought you were telling me I, this to tell me no. about this theme, so I'm – I thought I was queuing you up. Here. No, I wish I was because that would be brilliant. <laughs> well, maybe then you could say like uh, no, I, you the first crisis. I actually haven't pieced it together yeah. that way. Gosh, and maybe yeah. just you know, is there anything that when you've been going through the last couple of years, especially those early like twenty twenty days where everyone was in a panic, nobody mm. understood the pandemic, mm. everyone was wondering if we're all going to die, nobody right. knew. Um, but yeah. that was the yeah. level of fear and crisis at nine eleven. 
different issue, but mm-hmm. like people were really afraid. Yeah. People were looking for God in ways they hadn't before. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just for curious sure. if it, you for know sure. if there's any anything there that you would reflect on. That's I love this. it. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I want to I want to clarify. It's not to say that I haven't done any reflection on the time <laughs> sure. past and the tragedy and yeah. whatnot, for sure. Um, but just quite, you know, connecting the dots that way, like even like you know that was the start of my you know kind of full time ministry, as it were, and and just to see where we are now. Um, yeah, to connect the dots that way, that is interesting. You know, I would say you know to answer your question directly. Um, Going back to 9-11, I mean, I was so young, right? Mm -hmm. I was just a kid out of seminary, like a newlywed. And very much it was, um, hey, let's figure this out to get like what what is actually happening. And let's, let's, let's get together for prayer. Let's get together to fellowship. Let's get together for like, what does scripture have to say about this? And we were just so young and energetic. I I was in my mid to late twenties at the time. And, you know, you're surrounding yourself with a bunch of college kids. And so late hours, but that never feels late or anything like that. Um, Now, you know, with this pandemic uh, more recently, it's, you know, there there is the pressure where 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 eyes do look to you uh, for the answers, for the solution, for the next steps, and it is very different in that sense. Um, what's what's similar, uh, whereas you know, back with nine eleven, it's just kind of like we're all looking around for the leaders. Yeah. And it's funny you mentioned uh, you know people searching for God, and then I, I remember Tim Keller's message uh, at Redeemer Church uh, during nine eleven. I think like the week. Of 9-11 happened on Tuesday. That Sunday, uh, I believe, was still the highest attendance uh, at Redeemer Church. Uh, I think still to this day. That, I, I might be I might be wrong about that, wow. but at least back then it was. Um, and so anyways, I was looking to the, to the Tim Kellers of the world uh, for the answers then because I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, not to say that I w- I'm not looking for Tim, to the Tim Kellers of the world now yeah. uh, during the pandemic, but uh, the roles are, 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 are very different. And, um, but I tell you what is the same, and that is, I don't know if this, you know, I'm just going to be honest because, because uh, I don't, I don't think this is a, the greatest thing in the world, but I, I, I think I, um, I thrive on chaos. Mm. I, I like, I would even say I like chaos. Like I'm okay with it. No, I, I think I like it because um, there's a there's a focus that it demands and a uh, yeah just a focus and a level of commitment that it demands that uh, that extracts the best of me that I think the you know just the normal everyday ho hum um, doesn't do and this I have thought about. My wife and I, my wife Erica and I, we've talked about this, and I've uh, I've shared this with some others as well. Um, every situation that I've stepped into, so like we just talked about like nine eleven and the pandemic, right? But every situation that I've stepped into, I've been asked to start something new, hmm. to kind of like mess things up, right? To deconstruct, as it were, very popular word, uh, but then reconstruct something new. 
and so that was the case when I stepped into ministry after 9-11 to start up a college ministry. Um, that was the case when I became uh, from I transitioned from the college pastor to the English uh, speaking pastor there, the English ministry. Uh, that was the case when I went to Liquid. Uh, that was absolutely certainly the case when I went to Saddleback. Uh, you know, it was basically like, here's what the men's ministry was, uh, which was great. And it served its purpose and, and God used it tremendously to, to impact thousands of men, uh, for a time. But now we're sensing something new and it needs something new. And so have at it. Um, and so that's what I got to do there. And, and now certainly at, uh, when I came to Young Knock Celebration, now New Story Church, I mean, we, you know, I already shared like the, the, the five giants as it were. And so I like that. And I, the, the weird thing is I don't seek that. I don't go in seeking. Mm. And, and I will also say this at, at every stop, I thought I would be there for life. So in other words, when I graduated seminary, when we went to Bethany, I was like, okay, great. I'm not going to be one of those pastors, revolving door, you know, average tenures, like two years, and then you're out. Because, like, I, 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 like, this is my home church. This is where, you know, I received the call. This is where I met my wife. Like, of course mm-hmm. we're going to stay here. And we did it. Seven, eight years later, we wound up at Liquid. Once I was at Liquid, fell in love. Just, just amazing team dynamics. You know, just God was building something new. I think I was the, I was the first outside hire. I was like staff member number eight. Mm-hmm. But by the time I left, you know, we had a staff of over a hundred, uh, and we, you know, we went from like one campus of like I don't know four hundred people to like four campuses of four thousand people. I, I, I don't know, I don't know all the numbers, but it was you, you get the idea. Um, and yeah, it, yeah. Same, same things with Saddleback. It's just 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 new stuff. I, I I've never sought. Uh, you know, to to rearrange and change things up or anything like that. Um, but that's just that's just the situations that I get led yeah, into. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I, I'd like to talk to you more about sort of the moment we're in now. But before we, because you've mm. been mentioning Saddleback, yeah. I'd like to, you know, you know, not that mm. you are not the uh, spokesperson for Saddleback, but I'm thinking about Saddleback mm. now because uh, Rick Warren's, you know, he's announced his retirement. Sure. This, you know, sort of legendary mm-hmm. pastor of a generation. Absolutely. Um, in the midst Absolutely. of, you know, juxtaposed with, you know, a lot of crappy stories in the news yet again about about yeah. pastor um, moral failures or whatever they all, it's different with everybody, but it's always sure. the same story. Uh, yeah. You know, these sort of implosions. Yeah. So I, I'm curious to sort of, mm. as you've had a bit of an inside view, you know, what is, you know, mm. what do you think about the longevity of Rick Warren? Is it that he, like, you know, mm. is he, is he uh, meditating half the day? Like, how does he, how, how, how have you observed <laughs> him as a leader with this longevity? Yeah. In the midst of like some really yeah. crappy stuff happening, not just crappy, but tragic things happening in his family. Sure. You know, I'd love to hear some, yeah. just any, any thoughts you have around, yeah, around that as that. we look towards him yeah. retiring. Right, right. You know, I'm not just saying this because it's the polite thing to say or anything like that. Um, but I, I, I've been a big fan of uh, Pastor Rick um, 
since like day one. The first, uh, uh, my dad's only given me two books, like physical books. Uh, the first one was written in Korean, so I just never read it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what 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 the thought there was. It was like before Google Translator as yeah. well, so like I don't know what the thought there was. But the but the second book, uh, I was you know a, a, a seminary student, Dallas Theological Seminary, and he gave me a purpose driven church, you know, and um, and I'm just like you know like total like arrogant you know 20 year old thing i'm just like oh dad what do you know about church blah 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 like you know i'm going to seminary right now but what he he was an elder at 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 his church and and the elder team went to saddleback to one of the purpose-driven conferences and uh he just fell in love with everything Mm. there he's just like listen you 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 need to know this stuff you need to read this stuff and i did what any uh normal godly son would do i just took the book and i chucked it you know (laughs) but but a couple of years later, I was like, "Hey, where was that book again? Let me let me find this thing and read it, and I fell in love." And so, I've been a fan of uh, Pastor Rick since you know the the nineties, uh, the nineteen hundreds, uh, <laughs> as the kids say. So you know, when I uh, to to be honest, uh, you know, when I was at Liquid. Um, I, I was not looking to leave Liquid. I, I loved Liquid, you know, born and raised in Jersey. God's doing this tremendous thing uh, through Liquid Church to my home state, all this stuff. Um, but in the back of my head, I always knew, like, there's only one church in the world I would ever leave Liquid Church for, and that is Saddleback Church. Uh, wow. Because, like, you know, just just because of Pastor Rick's uh, incredible vision, uh, his incredible giftedness, his anointing there, um, and just like literally, right? Like 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 a lot of the churches that you and I know and people listening, I mean, they got their playbook. Yes, of course, from the Bible, but uh, you know, maybe maybe their second playbook was purpose driven church, mm-hmm. um, whether they realize it or not. And so just the opportunity to to come under his ministry and under his leadership. And I will say, Joanna, um, uh, I've had the a unique opportunity to meet a lot of different people. Um, but I have to say, um, after meeting Rick, spending time with him, there was a time, there was a there was a season um towards the end of my time there where I met with him weekly. Um so I got to be in a, a weekly uh, leaders meeting there uh and i'll say he's he's one of the very few where he has this reputation that precedes him yeah where as you get closer to him you're actually you're actually more um humbled and thankful Mm. um than not uh unfortunately i've been in situations where you know you meet people and you're like you know you, you you think all these great things and um yeah, and you, yeah. And you just meet him, and you're you're a little bit kind of let down or or, or whatnot, yeah. but not with Pastor Rick. No. Um, he really is the real deal, yeah. and um, you know, no one's perfect, right? Uh, and he'd be the first to say uh, that he's not perfect, but gosh, you know, he is so down to earth. Um, he loves Jesus. Um, he's all about um, just one more person coming to Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, just one more person taking their next spiritual step. And uh, I've just learned so I'm I'm indebted to him and his ministry mm-hmm. so much. So, I mean, what do you think it is that not just for, for him specifically then, but, you know, as you look at, I imagine, as you say, like when you come to a place, you think you're going to be there uh, for life. I mean, what I'm hearing is you have a heart Forever. for a life 
long ministry. You're, you're not temporarily in a career. So what are some of those? Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, what are some of those things? Like, I'm sure like, like many pastors is very sobering to hear about all these stories. And Mm. I would imagine it gives Mm. us all pause on Mm. our own life. But like, what are some things that Mm -hmm. pastors need (laughs) to be successful Mm -hmm. in the long term? And and whether you are having them, Mm. you know, having all these checkboxes in your life or not, maybe isn't the point, but you know, Mm -hmm. like what do, what do they need from their people? What do they need in their health? Like what are some of these things you see when you think of the guys who've gone, the guys or the girls who've gone the long haul, you know, what are some of those markers? That's a great question. Um, Joanna, I, I think, so there, there are three things that come to mind. Um, you know, when, when you're in your, 20s, right? It's all about finding out who you are, right? And when you're in your 30s, it's at least for me, it was about accepting who I am. Actually, maybe even do I dare to like who I am? Yeah. Now that like I'm in my, the 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 tail end of my 40s as I approach 50s, which is just like hard for me to believe. Um <laughs> but what I found in the 40s is um really it's about now being who you are so knowing who you are accepting who you are and now being who Mm. you are and so i think of that to your question you know what does it take for someone to make it through the long haul uh what does it take for a pastor to really do well and succeed to find some measure of uh, quote-unquote success as it were in their church i think that pastor needs to be free to be who he is in order for that pastor to be who he is, he has to understand how God has made him, right? He has that, that's the hard work of, and, and accepting, uh, uh, you know, how God has made him. And so like, for me, like, listen, I'll never be Rick Warren. I totally get that. There's only one Rick Warren. I'll never be a Tim Lucas. There's you only could, one You Tim could Lucas. build like, you could get a but, goatee though. I mean, if you want to start looking like <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> I, I, I could, I could get a goatee and I could, you know, I could put on a Hawaiian shirt <laughs> to conjure up the nineties version of Rick, you know, but that's, that's about yeah. it, right? Like God's uniquely gifted, uh, these people, uh, in, in that, in those specific ways. And, you know, I'll be honest, like for the early, you know, the, for, for part of my twenties and, and certainly thirties, like that's what you chase after, right? Oh, I need to, I need to be like Rick. I need to be like Tim Keller. I need to be like whoever name, name that person. Um, and it's just like, wait, but God hasn't created me that way. Like, no, I'm, I'm Tom Kang. Your first question, who is Tom Kang? Right? Well, that's a, that's a question that, you know, that we all uh, for ourselves respectively have to ask, answer, come to terms with. And then, gosh, as soon as you do that, Lord willing, then you get to be that person. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's where the joy, that's where the peace, and uh, if we can even use the word success, I think that's where, that's where it comes into play. Pausing the conversation with Tom to talk to you about Scripture Untangled. This is a podcast by the Canadian Bible Society, and I want you to know about it because it's brand new, and actually we've had the privilege of being involved in it. You might hear a familiar voice if you go check out some of the episodes. We know that the Bible can feel overwhelming and confusing, or even hard to believe, but Scripture Untangled brings you interviews with culture leaders, leaders in ministry, and Bible thinkers to inspire you to dive into the Bible and understand it. Season 
One is bringing you voices that are influential across Canada and beyond, and they're sharing the impact of scripture in their life, as well as how to honestly wrestle with big and important topics around faith in Christ and the content of scripture. So join us on this journey as we untangle scripture together. You can subscribe and share today. The link is down in the show notes. starting with this identity piece. I mean, there's lots of things probably around therapy and taking a day off and, sure, you know, sure, loving yeah. your spouse and, and whatever, but all those things are important. Yeah. But yeah. I think even that like Sabbath rest is about identity. We're not our work. Like loving your partner mm-hmm. is because of yeah. our identity, you know, and our covenant with, you know, all these things actually, yeah. it's interesting that you, you're talking about this Absolutely. core work of identity. Um, you know, Absolutely. beneath it. Um, so the, uh, the, there's a, I, I'm switching gears now because there's this topic yeah. that struck me, this phrase that I don't know if you've coined it or I haven't heard much of it before, but you call it a, a digital Pentecost. Mm. And I think it's referring back to, <laughs> yeah. you're talking about the last couple of years. I think you're talking maybe about food pantry stuff, but this idea, talk to me, mm-hmm. what does this mean? This you, you were in a digital Pentecost or we're experiencing yeah. a digital Pentecost. Uh, t- tell me about yeah, this. That's funny thing. that you mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny you mentioned it. It's so so observant. Gosh, Joanna, I wish uh, I wish everyone <laughs> was uh, w- w- was that observant. Um, I actually remember the exact date. It was March fifteenth. The Ides of March. Beware the Ides of March. March fifteenth, twenty twenty. And I, the reason I remember that date was because that was the first Sunday um, where LA was shut down, like the rest of the world, and we had to go digital. Mm. Um, we, we, we closed our church, our physical church doors. Right. Uh, and we thought it would only be, I thought it would be like, you know, it was March 15th. I thought surely by Easter, uh, a month later, we'll be back in person. We were all talking about two Uh, weeks of staying home, right? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Two weeks turned out to be about 20 months. Yeah. Uh, closer to 20 months than it was two weeks. Uh, but I remember on March 15th, um, it was right before I got up. Uh, you know, we had the live stream that was going on, the worship, and everything was like so, you know, mix and match, helter skelter. Like, no, none of us really knew what we were doing uh, and whatnot. Uh, we had had an online. I would call it a presence before March 15th. In other words, like we would archive our messages and whatnot, but we didn't really give as much intentional thought to online ministry. Um, Certainly uh, uh, as we did uh, the months uh, and years following. But anyways, I just remember uh, right before uh, getting up um, behind the pulpit, uh, just having this, I don't know. I just felt like God was just, calming me down Mm. uh, because I was nervous. Uh, I was nervous. I was excited. I was clueless, you know, and God just um, calming me down. And I just thought of the church in Acts uh, that came to mind, that came to heart and the Holy Spirit descending. And then from that point uh, at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit descends and people catch on fire. Uh, as it were, and God spread his church. Mm. 
And I was just like, well, that's what's happening right now. The church is scattered. We're not gathered. We're scattered. Uh, this is a new medium, but the message hasn't changed. Um, God's still doing his thing. God's still in control. And though it's chaotic right now, uh, we have a creator, uh, that's uh, in perfect control. He's not, he's not wigged out. He's not nervous about this. This hasn't caught him by surprise. Um, and God's going to continue to work. And I just, I just, I don't, I don't know. I just, I said this, I feel like this is a digital Pentecost. I remember thinking that right before I got in front of the camera, um, and then I remember just sharing it then and there. I think we were, I think we had a panel uh, uh, for that first message. And, and I remember just saying it uh, and it's, it's stuck with me. It's, it's stuck with a few others as well. Uh, but for most people it just kind of went over their heads or, or, you know, was, was forgettable or, or whatnot. Um, but yeah. And the reality is, is God did use that time. You know, I mentioned the food pantry, uh, but also just like, you know, there's some incredible stories of how, because we were the church online, people came to Christ. People then got baptized. People's lives were changed. Marriages were changed. Um, relationships were changed. And so, yeah, yeah, I kind of stand by yeah, it. You talk about, there was this, I like this expression you used too. It started out high tech and now it's high touch. So Touch. you started yeah. with these, yeah. did you started trying, okay, shoot, we got to figure out this digital ministry thing, but then it moved immediately right. into this high touch right. quarter of a million people food thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause we, it couldn't just be like church online can't just be about information dissemination, mm -hmm. right? It can't just be like this high tech experience. Like right now you and I are enjoying this high tech experience, right? That video camera, podcast, all that stuff, which is great. I believe God can use that. He obviously does use that. Um, but it doesn't stop there, right? It, it has to, there has to be a high touch experience. Uh, and the way that I think about online ministry, to be quite honest, is like, I think of it like, like online dating. Yeah. Right. Um, my wife and I, we met the traditional way, if you will, like, yeah, it, it, like it really is cliche. Like we met at church, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, but many of our friends, I would actually say like close to half of our friends uh, who are now married, met online. Mm. Uh, and so like, what is the purpose of like online dating? Well, eventually the purpose of online dating is actually to like meet physically, right. And even get married. Right. Um, and so like, it's not just about just like meeting people online and staying online forever and ever. Amen. Right. And I just, I think, I think there's an element of that to, to church online as well. I think, um, you do the best that you can, and there are ways um, that you can reach people um, and minister to people uh, online that you could not, that you cannot do uh, because of time and space in a physical manner. Um, but then also, it needs to be a part of. It needs to be uh, not a replacement, but a supplement yeah. uh, of the overall picture. When so, hence high tech, high so touch. How has or has your preaching? You're you're a preacher, communicator. You know, I'd imagine that would be very high on your gift mix list. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. and primary part of your role. Uh, how has how has this digital hybrid thing? And now it sounds like. You're in person and online. 
you're online and yes. moving people yes. to from high tech to high tech. Like you're, this is all happening at the same yes. time in real time. So how does that affect yes. you? You know, thinking yes. of people listening who are communicators uh, themselves. Mm-hmm. How has it affected mm-hmm. how you preach or what you preach or how long you preach or? Yeah. Are you wearing yeah. makeup uh, now? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not wearing makeup. Maybe I should. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, I'm not wearing makeup. I have no plans on wearing makeup. Uh, but it, it has affected um, the whole preparation point of, uh, of preaching, right? And even, you know, we have a quote unquote production team, right? Um, so like it's changed everything. And how could it not? Right, because we went from one main medium to now truly a hybrid medium, and if you, it, yeah, if if you don't, um, then rearrange things. I mean, it's affected every, everything, like even staffing, right? Like our, our staffing has changed, um, yeah. our production uh, pr- preparation for the week services changed. Um, my, I mean, I for sure my preaching style has had to adjust. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, it used to be, uh, pre pandemic, it used to be, I'm thinking of Joanna in the seat, you know, where, what is she going through spirit of God through your word, help me to speak to Joanna. Right. Um, now it's like that person may not be there. That may not be in the room. In fact, they may not even be chances are if they're watching online, they're not even watching at 11 o'clock AM on a Sunday or, you know what I mean? And so like, um, so everything from my illustrations to my delivery, to my, uh, preparation that all has to have that, uh, in mind and in heart, uh, as I prepare. Um, I have, I want to close on, I, we're asking everybody just a few fun rapid fire questions before we close. But before that, oh the, the, maybe yeah. the last, um, you know, meteor question, it, I, I would love for you to sure. just like, you know, speak to and encourage others who are leaders in ministry who are, I mean, a lot of people uh, have had a rough couple of years, big transition change, mm. especially if you don't like change or you're a bit older and you've had to do a lot of change that mm. you're not as savvy about, you know, and then you've had this amazing, mm. this amazing story. I want to link to it in the show notes around mm. the food pantry stuff mm. and a quarter of a million people mm. being served. Um, you know, mm. is there something mm. that, you know, you would exhort or encourage other leaders to try and do mm. or, um, you know, mm-hmm. what, what might you say to that? Yeah. I love it, Joanna. And um, the first thing that comes to mind is actually, <laughs> it's a little bit of the op- the exact opposite of what I said earlier. And that is how, like, I'm kind of drawn to chaos and, like, those, those kind of hectic moments. Um, but I'm reminded of the sobriety, so to mm-hmm. speak. And uh, the the stillness and the oh gosh what's what's a word like the the word that comes to mind is just the the everyday normalcy of Jesus's ministry and what I mean by that specifically is um, you know you think of the passages in the gospel where it talks about the di- disciples on the boat and them being afraid it's in the middle of the night and they see this figure they think it's a ghost and peter's just like oh, jesus if that lord if that's you tell me to walk on water we get the whole scene yeah. 
Um, and those walk on water moments, 9-11, start of the pandemic, um, they are chaotic. They are exhilarating. They are supernatural, super normal, uh, abnormal even. Um, however, you know, walking on water are, is all those things. But 99.999% of Jesus's ministry was walking in dirt. Mm. Wow. In the normal, in the ordinary. And so my encouragement uh, to anyone listening, uh, my encouragement to that pastor, uh, the, you kind of painted that beautiful picture of maybe a pastor who's a little bit older, who may feel insufficient or inadequate in today's ever-changing world. And, uh, you know, talk about high tech and whatnot is, oh my gosh, no, 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 We need you. We need you. Uh, your work in the everyday dirt of ministry, in the everyday mundane and ordinary of ministry, that that that's the that's the meat that's the backbone that's the that's the that's the very fiber that's the that's the everything that Jesus did uh, 99.99% of the times he can use the catalytic moments of the pandemic of a 911 of insert whatever tragedy or drama or chaos that you have um, he can use those catalytic moments to be clarifying moments to be um, moments of recommitment, uh, moments of, of heart resurgence, if you will. Uh, but my gosh, what 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 are those re, what are those recommitment moments used for? They're used for those ninety nine percent moments in the dirt. Yeah. Um, love it. I hope that yeah, makes it sense. totally does. Thanks, Tom. Okay, um, rapid mm. fire. A place, a yes. Place, okay, I love a place that people should travel that they've probably never been to. It could be like in your own neighborhood or far, far away and exotic. Big Sur, Big Sur. I am, I am shocked how many people, especially local Californians, born and raised in California, have not uh, visited Big Sur. Uh, so Big Sur is just north uh, of LA. It's about a five hour drive north of LA. You, you may know Big Sur very well, but it's like the Monterey, um, yeah, uh, Mount Carmel, uh, Mount Carmel, the, uh, Carmel, Carmel by the sea area. A highway one drive. Oh my gosh. The coastline that you see, it's these like wild beaches, cliffs. It's just it, it is breathtaking. Like you feel like you're in a movie. You you feel like it is jaw. It is literally jaw dropping. Wow. It, it's beautiful. Yeah. I've been there and I did it in a convertible, which I would say to add to your recommendation, oh, worth the extra money to blessings. get the rental convertible you, for the views. You are highly anointed. <laughs> I rise up and call you blessed. I rise up and call you blessed. Okay, you, you may have already <laughs> answered this question, but I'll ask it. Okay. Um, a book that's changed how you think about something. Oh, uh, Jesus and John Wayne. Ah. The, 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 you know, the, um, uh, gosh, what's yeah. her name? Uh, I'm blank. Oh, it's right here. Oh my gosh. It's right here. It's right here. It's I right just here. did I that audio book. Jesus. Oh, it, it's, it, she's yeah. incredible. Isn't it? She does quite a work. And again, you're talking to the former men's pastor. Hmm. Right uh, at Saddleback Church, the huge mega yeah. church, right, and so it's just like um, I was like, man, where was this book? Oh, wow. uh, you know, a few years huh. ago. Um, so this is 
this is for sure. Uh, but also, I would I would also say I would throw up. You know, so that's that's like um, you know that's a recent book. Uh, but for me personally, um, uh, the Jesus I Never Knew by Philip Yancey mm-hmm. that changed my life mm-hmm. uh, over twenty years ago. Um, just the way that he presented the Jesus I thought I knew, you know, and grew up with my whole life. Uh, he presented it in such a fresh and new way. And that that's like one of my number one recommendations to anyone and everyone. It's just a, it's just a classic, I think. Bill uh, Nancy's Jesus I Never Knew. A movie that made you cry. Glory. Okay. Uh, you know, the scene where Denzel Washington, he he's getting whipped for stealing shoes. And like, you know, Denzel Washington, who doesn't love Denzel Washington, but there's that one scene where just this one tear, I mean, it just, it just, you know, just being abused and harnessing all this pain and just this one single tear drops. Uh, and then of course, uh, you know, they all die, which made me cry. <laughs> Spoiler, Spoiler alert. alert. I, I think everyone's seen it. <laughs> it's like, it's like over a 20 year movie. So last yeah, one, your go to, you got 50, you're in mm. one of those 50 ice cream flavor shops. What's your go to ice cream flavor? Mm. Chocolate chip cookie dough. Oh, good one. Chocolate chip cookie dough. No doubt whatsoever. <laughs> I'll, I and I've tried a lot of, I've tried a lot of different variations, uh, but uh, chocolate chip cookie dough is always a, a go-to. Oh man. Okay. So how about you? Um, I usually would go for a mint chip. Okay, and, that's yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I live in a house full of four women, my wife and three daughters, and that that is a very popular one in this. I'll house I'll say as this: well. if I've just eaten a meal, mint chip is the way to go. It's yeah. light enough that you can eat yeah. it after you've had a yes. big meal. Yeah. If I haven't I just had a meal, I'm going to go for like a cookie dough or yeah. cookies and cream, something like that. Got it. Here's the thing about mint chocolate chip: I can't get over the green. Uh, but anyways, yeah. anyways, I get it. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. it tastes delicious. <laughs> So are you the guy who like what's that? There's this movie where some character only eats the brown M and M's because like they're the most naturally colored. Oh, they don't eat the green and the blue yeah. ones because they like, like are artificial or whatever. Maybe this is this yeah. is your kind of person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, Tom. Exactly. To, to wrap this up, if people want to find more about you or maybe your church, where do you want to send them on the internet today? Yeah, uh, newstorychurch.com uh, is, is our church website. I'm not like a big blogger. I'm not trying to be like a Christian celebrity or anything like that. So like newstorychurch.com. Find me uh, on Facebook, Tom Kang, Instagram, Tom Kangsta. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So. Awesome. Tom, thank you so much. I've enjoyed the conversation. I think people will feel encouraged by it as well. I'm just excited to hear about what God's doing in your church. And it is sounds like a new story. Mm. So it's exciting. Yeah, Yeah. God bless you. Yeah, thank you so much. Tom Kang, it was a delight. I loved getting to know Tom on this podcast and being inspired to hear what God is doing in his ministry. Next week on the podcast, we have Nick Parker of CV Global. And Nick is going to be talking to us about digital ministry in the African context. You're going to love this conversation. And I think it's going to be uplifting because if you're only thinking about what's going on in the church in North America, and there's a lot of hard stuff that feels like going on, I think you're going to be inspired and encouraged by what's going on in the digital space in the African context. Thanks to our sponsors, Compassion Canada, back again for another season. They're doing amazing work in justice in the world and scripture untangled 
a new podcast by the Canadian Bible Society. We wouldn't be able to bring this episode to you without them. So we appreciate their partnership on this. Of course, you can find us on the YouTube channel. We'd love you to rate and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. And you can find us also, if you want to keep going in this conversation, find us in the Digital Church Facebook group. Those links are down below in the show notes. We don't want you to miss out on anything you might want to find. And we'll see you back next week as we talk about Digital Africa. Thanks for listening to the Word Made Digital Podcast with Joanna LaFleur. If you like this content, hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Rate it and share this episode with your friends. Head over to wordmadedigital.com for more free tools and helpful content for creatives and communicators. We love helping you communicate the best news in the world. 